It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24 7. Mel Hodges. Drop like four or five nuggets in there. Hey, Lucy, you got a lot of explaining to do. Man, g- give me his FBI, football intelligence. Oh, you're an idiot. There is no play for fourth and 30. <laughs> there is no play. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Cut to it. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. All right, so I got to say this. Listen, this I'm running this clip, and it has nothing to do with Skip Bayless. I'm not trying to trash Skip Bayless. To be honest, I don't really care who it is. The reason I'm bringing this up is because, one, Merrill Hodges, I respect the heck out of him. Great dude, right? I met him several times. Great dude, right? Understands the game. Not every former player understands the game. I'm not right. saying that I, I – have all the answers, but I also know what a football player looks like, right? I I can, whether you like it or not, I look at a football player, I watch his film, and I develop my opinion about that individual. You can never always know what a player is going to turn out to be because you also don't know who's on the coaching staff. How good is the coaching staff? How competent is the coach staff? How bad is the coach staff? You never know, right? But I can tell you this. Why, before we play this, I always, I've noticed there are, some reform, there are some former players who get paid this much. And there are some TV personalities who do sports talk who get paid that much And they can't tell you what a slant is, a comeback. All I'm trying to say is, let's watch the clip and let's just talk about the different perspectives and how confident the non-football player is in his assessment of basically talking to some people he deems as experts. Now, I love this clip because it also shows Cliff Kingsbury, who Cliff Kingsbury has gotten job after job after job, and yet has won nothing. And some people will say, well, Steve, you won nothing either. You're right, I haven't. 
I'm also I've, I've never been a head coach. Don't in, don't want to be a head coach. Also, don't sit here and say that I have a prolific offense. I haven't been hired as an offensive coordinator or a head coach. Who year after year does the bare minimum? <laughs> Who has been hired through colleges and pro teams and has done pretty much the same everywhere he's been? Average. A little bit above average. Above 500. So let's run the clip. So you are going bust. If he's a first round, shoot, even like really a top three rounds, he's a, he's a, a fifth or sixth round grade. If you have a compensatory pick, grabbed him there, but not in the first round. I'm sorry, I got a question. Are you saying that Johnny Manziel may not even be worth a pick in the first three rounds? Oh, I wouldn't. There's the, the project is so massive. There are so many so, major flaws. So, what are your thoughts mm. about? people who believe he should be the first overall pick well, in the draft. Listen, you know, obviously it's not a perfect science, but I think people who would take him in the first round, I'm if you first did, overall, first if you took it first overall, I would think that staff would be gone in two years and whoever made that pick would be gone in two years. You don't make that pick based on the other players that are available to you. You make that pick, we got a question, you're evaluating players and their transition and their ability to transition to the National Football League very highly. Merrill Hodge, with all due respect, you have never ever been more wrong in your assessment of a football player than you just were about Johnny Manziel. Not only will Houston forever regret if they don't take Johnny with the first overall pick, but he, he won't be a bust He's going to be a franchise player. He's going to be a star. He will make pro bowls. Cliff Kingsbury, do you know Cliff or have you do crossed not. his path? Cliff played some pro football. He was Johnny's quarterback coach as a freshman, now the head coach at Texas Tech. When I, la when I asked Cliff, will these skills translate to pro football, he chuckled for about a minute at me on the phone. Chuckled. He said, Skip, he's going to be a star. Quickly, so where should he go then? Well, not number one. I would take right. Khalil Mack in a heartbeat over him, and I wouldn't even sweat about it. And I will have a much if, – even if he develops, he's still not going to be better than Khalil Mack as a football player. It's what I love about this time of the year. It's take season, and they live forever. And people are going to be right. People are going to be wrong. I actually think the clowny take is more impressive from Merrill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he was as can't miss as can be to a lot of people. And there were a couple of people banging the drum for Khalil Mack heading up to that. Um, who just had the Raiders GM job? Uh, that was um, from well, NFL the, Network. Yeah, that was um, Mike Mayock. Yeah, Mayock was a big Khalil Mack guy too, which was part of the reason he got the Raiders job. So there were people who said it, but I mean, I think that was a. I I, I believe that Khalil Mack was a pretty good pick. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable pick, but. Uh, to be like he's better than Clowney when Clowney was like slam dunk lock number one, and then for it to bear out that way mm -hmm. is unbelievable. But yeah, the what? What? But why? Why do you believe it's unbelievable? From from your standpoint, I think from my standpoint, it's like when watching Clowney, the things he did at mm -hmm. South Carolina, which was remarkable. Yeah, it's like okay, this. I think it was more 
can Mac be as good as Clowney? Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. But to see Clowney be more of like an edge setter, not really a get after the quarterback guy, not a huge sack yeah. guy. Uh, like he still gets his pressures, of course. But I think it, he was coming into the league as this generational pass rusher. That's what he was yeah. billed as uh, mm-hmm. by the pundits and, and and people with eyes who watched him. Was it Mike Hart? He he almost stopped his heart in the backfield in that Michigan-South yeah. Carolina game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those eye and. I don't know many of us who are watching Buffalo highlights, college Buffalo, not Buffalo Bills highlights. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, all right, yeah, could this? I mean, Khalil Mack wasn't this hulking figure. He didn't have the crazy height, didn't have the crazy measurables like mm-hmm. Clowney did as well. So I think that's why someone banging the drum against the consensus. I think that's what's impressive to me when the consensus yeah. is, yeah, this guy's surefire number one. Da 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 da. So to go against the consensus that loudly and be like, I think this guy going third or fourth is actually way better than number one is super impressive to me. Well, here's one of the things that I – here's why. There are some things in there that Merrill Hodges says that Skip is – Skip is talking about will – he when you have to ask someone else, will someone else's game translate? To me, that's a red flag. Yeah, you already don't know. That is correct. <laughs> now, not everybody knows all the answers. I don't know all the answers. I'm not Jesus. I don't know all the answers. I'm not perfect. Hey, you know, just Google me. I'm not perfect. But what I think and what I see and what I hear is the guys sitting in – all of them are sitting in suits. But the two guys that are sitting in suits – they sit in studio. That's why going to these pro days for me is extremely important and why I love going to these pro days. Because, see, when you go to a pro day and when you phone someone, see, when you phone someone, I, I love to go to pro days because, first of all, I grew up in Los Angeles, California. I grew up in the hood. And, no, I'm not a thug. But growing up in, for for me in particular, growing up on 126 of Avalon, I saw a lot of things that I wish I did not see. But also learned a lot of things I wish I did not l- learn. And you know, one of those things that I've learned that's really helped me in life, I've learned how to read people. Mm-hmm. And I've learned how to read people in person, not over the phone, right? Because when you when you BSing somebody, you can tell them anything you want, bro. I, I listen. I try to listen and watch people so much. I sometimes can tell over the phone when I hear somebody's voice change. Oh, yeah. I can hear how they smile, right? But I'm also saying I love going to the pro days because I can see when someone's trying to. Sell me a bill of goods. I can smell and feel when they're selling me a bill of goods. But I also can feel and smell like, man, something different about this guy. And you also get information. And things are revealed to you that you don't have to go check and call somebody. What I'm calling someone, I'm calling somebody because I said, hmm, I saw this, this, this. Now I'm going to ask this individual after I've been there, did I read this wrong? Did I see this right? And watching a football player 
watching a guy on television, you don't get the real sense of who they are. Mm -hmm. Just like you don't get the real sense of an individual, good or bad, right? Like, we watch all the time. We watch people go, oh, man, I love to have lunch with them. And they say, oh, man, I met this person in life, and they're the worst person ever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or they're like, man, I met this person, nicest person ever, Right. right? Or sometimes, especially when people don't even, or they forget to tell the whole story or give their version of what is accurate to benefit them in that story, right? There's people that I, I, I'll throw myself out there. There's people say, man, I met Steven in, in real life, man. He's a this. And I probably was at, at that moment that you met me. If we were in the bathroom, using the bathroom, bro, I don't talk to people in the restroom. That's one of my pet peeves. I don't talk at the urinal. I'm just not doing it. If I'm out with my family at times at a restaurant, I don't conversate with stranger. I believe in stranger danger. Right. Don't come up to my table. Do, do not come up to my table and say this. I hate to interrupt because you know what I've said at times? <laughs> no, you don't. Well, why are you? Yeah, right. Why are you interrupting my meal? I'm j- I've got sidetracked, but what I'm I'm coming back to is this is not to talk bad about Skip Bayless. This is the more show you the people who actually have played the game, who have taken the time and and enjoy the valuation process. We I, I was told from someone for the um when I did for Underdog, when we talk about the court, uh, all the players, somebody tell me, oh, Steve Stonshay. Steve, Steve's an idiot. He doesn't know anything. And you know, I've just released my wide receiver stocks, the gang of misfits. And there's two guys on that stock wide receiver chart who are trending down. And I've talked to several teams. You know what they said? At the combine, didn't do great. But you look at some people's tweets at the combine says, oh, Steve, he looks super athletic. Never said he wasn't athletic. Right. Just telling you what they tell him. I've heard someone talk about the other quarterback, C.J. Stroud. They said C.J. Stroud against the Georgia game. If you watch, they say he's a leader. He is a leader. But in the first half against the Georgia game, C.J. Stroud looked down in that game. Now, he brought him back and played it. Four quarters of football, he was average. Two quarters of football, he was outstanding. But there's also two quarters of football, he didn't look very good. Right. He was on the sideline, shrouds down, sitting by himself. Didn't look like the great leader that he is. But that's why you see people in person to be able to watch their mannerisms. And I'm bringing all this up in Johnny Manziel because, you know, James Palmer talked about it. He got a Netflix special coming out that's going to explain a lot of stuff about Johnny Manziel that explains to you as a great philosopher named Lucille Ball had to do to her husband, Ricky Ricardo, hey, Lucy, you got a lot of explaining to do. And Skip just goes on this. You have no idea... Mel Hodge 
was not known for being this Pro Bowl fullback running back that everybody knew as, man, he's a shoe. And he was not. But Merrill Hodge knew how to play the game from the shoulders up. Right. And when you know how to play the game from the, when you know how to play the game from the shoulders up, man, the way you look at ball is just different. The way well, you think, evaluate ball is different. That, I think that's what this clip shows really well is like the layers of scouting of slash evaluating that's happening. Because if you think of Skip specifically, who are two quarterbacks in the last 15 years he's really banged the table for? It's Johnny Manziel and it's Tim Tebow. Now, what did those two guys what do, do you, <clears throat> exceptionally well to... is they won at college. They won oh, yeah. nationally televised games. And you can kind of see it a little bit with Stroud because there's a lot of people who only reference that Georgia game. And the fact that he was able to keep it close against the back-to-back defending champs when so mm-hmm. many other teams could not, <clears throat> it's very surface-level scouting. He looked at mm-hmm. Tim Tebow and he was like, this is a winner. I don't care how it looks. And Tim Tebow is a winner. Absolutely. In college. Absolutely. Um, And Johnny Manziel beating Alabama was enough for a lot of people. They didn't care Mm -hmm. about the height. They didn't care about the off the field uh, sides of things. What what off the field is I'll let Netflix Netflix tell it. That's not for me to say. Um, (laughs) Sidewalk chalk. That that hopscotch liner. Sorry. You never heard Booker Sugar? <laughs> no, that one I have. The last one I had yeah. not. Um, oh, that sidewalk chalk? Oh. No, the, the specifically hopscotch liner. I like that a lot. <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah, it's that surface level scouting. Whereas Merrill Hodge was like, listen, man, <laughs> this is not going to work at the next level at all. Maybe, although to his credit, he didn't even say that. He said, I got a third, fourth round grade on him. Maybe yeah. if the right coaching staff gets with him, maybe if he gets on the straight and narrow, maybe so, let's go clearly he has stuff. the physical uh, traits. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was never a physical question with no. Manziel. It was in between the ears, which if you're only watching him beat Alabama, you don't know the in between the ears stuff. Well, <clears throat> what happened to that coaching staff? In the Cleveland? Yeah. They were all fired two, three years later. Oh, yeah. Fired. And and that and what's interesting, the evaluators, even in that year with Johnny Manziel, they had had other mistakes a year before that. Oh yeah, they took uh what Gilbert, the cornerback, uh out of Oklahoma that did not pan out. No, I they think he it, was from Gilbert. Or was that was the Manziel draft? Yeah, no, Gilbert was no, from no, no. You talking about Gilbert uh Arenas's nephew? Is that Gilbert you're talking about? No, I don't think so. Justin Gilbert. Oh, okay. The Browns um, The Browns took him, I believe, Yeah, eighth. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Well, th- didn't they also, like, a couple years later get Trent? Um, they got the running back? Oh, yeah. Tri- yeah Trent sure Richardson? Mm-hmm. Yep. He couldn't hit a hole. He couldn't. He could not see the hole if the no. hole was in his face right here. It like, often where? was. Where? <laughs> where? Huh? Where? What hat? I don't see a hat. <laughs> uh, then they, who did they take? Then they took. Uh, they took some other. They just. 
I mean, it's the Browns. Yeah, they, they, the draft is not where they usually. Uh, I mean, they've, they've been, done better now. The, yeah, the better. past couple of years they've done better. Yeah, they have. But I mean, they talk about consensus. They took Baker over Josh Allen, and I think that also goes back to you got to give the Bills a lot of credit. I know, I know, you got to give the Bills a lot of credit because I don't know that Josh Allen is Josh Allen if the Browns do take him one overall because you, of the coaching. Yes. But here's the thing that a lot of people are not talking about because they don't know because they're sitting in the studio. Now, I know because I've talked to that organization and those coaches. And one of the th- the overall themes that I've heard between the quarterback coach, the former offensive coordinator that's now the head coach for the New York Giants, Brian Dayball, is the Buffalo Bills get a lot of credit for drafting him and working with him. But you know who they say put in so much work to improve his touch, improve his ability to place the football is Josh Allen. They said Josh Allen has worked on his footwork. He worked on his ball placement. It isn't, hey, I worked on it. I hired somebody. He's went out, evaluated his own film, goes over his stuff over and over again, puts in the work. And listens and is coachable. Like everybody up there says, man, we have a great coaching staff. But we got to give a lot of credit to Josh Allen because he's also pushed himself and worked on this game. Absolutely. And I don't want to take away from Josh Allen because, I mean, if, if I had the same coaching staff, I'm not uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know what I mean? Absolutely so it, not. I've, there's I've, a lot I've, of. I've, I, I appreciate you saying that because. <laughs> A lot of times, right, coaches get credit for coaching up some players that sometimes those players were really good before you got there. Right. And have continued to be better when that coach moves on. Like, you can go – I go back and look at some some coaches, and they're talking about, oh, man, this, this coach helped – this guy go to the Pro Bowl, and then I watch him in camp, and I'm like, man, this coach ain't coach nobody. <laughs> this, like, all the coaches doing is say, hey, man, you got to post. He isn't teaching them technique. He isn't teaching them how to win. Right. But where I do think the Bills deserve credit, especially juxtaposed to the Browns, is you see it a lot there – we talk about the coaching turnover. So if the people who took Josh Allen, if he had the same rookie year he had in Buffalo, that coaching staff probably still has that turnover. And then if the new GM, the new regime comes in, even if he does apply himself, put in all that work, they may have gone, you're not our guy. We're trading you. You know what I mean? And he ends up with San Francisco wherever. And it's like, all right, now this team reaps all the benefits. He still does all the hard work, but we've seen time and time again, new regimes come in, new coaches come in. They're not, necessarily going with the same guy no matter what so i think both parties josh allen and the bills deserve equal credit well i, I was talking to a coach I, I i was actually talking to pete carroll and i asked pete carroll i said you know how, how, pete first of all i called him coach carroll and he goes uh no you can call me pete i was like all right cool <laughs> right because i was I'm like i never really interacted with him right so i, I really wasn't sure and i just said coach what do you do when, you know, like he was talking about Drew Locke. He was like, man, Steve, 
when we got Drew Locke from Denver, he was so beat up emotionally. I bet. That we had to come in and just say, look, we want you to be you. Right? And I've heard this and I've experienced this. Not every coach, not every organization, not every organization wants you to be you. They want you to fit in to their mm-hmm. organization. They don't want you to say, hey, we want you and whoever you are fits into our organization. They go, no, we don't, we don't want to hear you. We don't want to, we don't care what your favorite coach. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I heard a general manager tell a guy they were recruiting out of free agency. They brought him in in free agency. They're going to pay him. And a, and the general manager and the head coach told him, hey, uh, don't expect a Christmas card from me. You're here to play football. Now, I don't really know how to take that. Right. But that's kind of not the thing on a recruiting trip in free agency. Hey, we just want you to play football. Don't expect a Christmas card. I mean, I'm not thinking about Christmas in free agency in March. <laughs> right. But what compels a coach and a general manager to tell you that? Bro, I'm moving my family from the old city to the new city, and you tell me don't expect. What should I expect? <laughs> I Well, maybe because you're paying me, I shouldn't expect anything, and I just, you just should show. Like, it's just become like some people just don't get, don't have great people skills. Right. And and, and and so the Skip Bayless and Merrill Hodge, why I'm bringing all of this up has to do with not all studio people know how to evaluate. Oh, yeah. Very few. Yes. And I find it interesting and funny that Skip having a conversation with a overhyped quarterback, like you said, I've skipped, scampered over the line. He said, you know Cliff Kingsbury? He plays some football in, in, in the pros. Emphasis on some. Yeah. And Johnny Mazzell played some football too. But Skip just blew past that red st- that stop sign. <laughs> red stop sign says, dead end, dead end. No, Merrill Hodge, you have no idea what you're talking about. I know because I because Cliff Kingsbury chuckled for a minute. <laughs> so he had he he was just dismissive of Merrill Hodge. He didn't go, hey, well, what do you mean? Elaborate on that. Just, I, I, I just, and again, I, I, I respect Skip. I don't have anything good or bad to say about him. I've had great interactions with him. Has he been a little tough? That's his whole shtick. But I, right, that's part of it. That I, I, like, how do we factor that in? Because obviously, he's got a, but, he's got a product to sell. You know yes, he mean? does have a product to sell, but I'm not going out on a limb, but I could probably, this wouldn't be a shot at Skip. 
Man, Skip couldn't analyze two two people double dutch jumping to know what an athlete is or isn't. In the in the evaluation process. I mean, anybody let's... can anybody can run or jump, but I'm talking about like Man, give me his FBI, football intelligence. Tell me what, you know, tell me what zone coverage is. Don't don't tell me what somebody told you what zone coverage is. Mm. Like, what do you, can you draw up zone coverage? No, definitely not. Can you, can you tell someone how to run a curl route four different ways? And my point of all of this is saying, Mastering the craft of, of, of football or basketball, right? Things are a skill. But just because you've practiced it or you put in 10,000 hours doesn't necessarily mean that you've mastered the skill. Definitely. Just because you can formulate a good sentence and you can get in and out of a break and you are a great host doesn't mean just because you're a sports talk rate, it doesn't mean all of a sudden now you can you could go ahead and run a show on Jeopardy. <laughs> right, right. It's just it's too different. It's apples and apples and oranges. This is Bandit. He founded Underdog Fantasy so that humans who really love sports could play with their friends and win some big prizes. Tell your human to go to underdogfantasy.com today. Well, I mean, even like, let's go to the top of the sport. Like, I think we both agree Bill Belichick's got a pretty decent football mind, right? A little bit. Yeah, he's a little bit. He gets draft picks wrong all the time. Like, there's no. no say it ain't so, bro. <laughs> there's are you, no. Are you sure? I, I promise you. <laughs> it's happened once or twice. Yeah, uh, sure, Sorry. It's hard. Yeah, no, I'm, listen, uh, <laughs> it, it happens. So it's like. Yeah, the, the guy on TV. And if we go to another sport, how has Skip Bayless made his nut? He's been... Excuse me? What? <laughs> yeah, made his nut. How has he made... How, why did Fox Sports pay him tens of millions of dollars? Because he's been actively telling you that, like, the second or third best basketball player of all time isn't actually that good. So it's like, uh, what are we doing here? No. Yeah, it's just... I, I Again, I, I, I'm not trying to... I'm not jumping off the top rope. On oh, Skip no, Bayless, no, no. I, you know, I, I, I'm more coming to Mel Hodges' defense because we want to talk about Skip Bayless was wrong, but we don't want to factor in Mel Mel Hodges dropped like four or five nuggets in there that t- like now that today, bump Johnny Manziel. How about the fact that he compared to Davion Clowney and Khalil Mack? Yeah, and here's the thing about Jadavion Clowney. Jadavion Clowney is a damn good football player. Oh yeah, Jadavion Clowney impacts a game that rarely is on is rarely on the stat. Like his ability to 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 penetrate, to to get inside, to make the make a toss go the other way, make you know to break up a break up a pass or you know bat down a ball or or make the quarterback get off the spot or make the quarterback because of his presence, because how tall he is or the way he gets into the backfield to make the quarterback get off his first or second read or to get off his spot and abandon the play altogether. Well, you rarely hear Skip Bayless 
evaluate that way. Right. Right. You, he'll give you the hit in in college in the what was it the Outback Bowl in Florida that knocked the running back's helmet off. Uh, knocked the running back's helmet off. But there were so many other plays too that Davion Clowney at times took several plays off. Oh yeah. And hence why he's also a little bit still unemployed today. I was going to say, it happens every offseason. He's one of the last people signed. Uh, he goes out. He has pretty much the same season every year, which is good. Like, and good consistent. football player. Yeah, very oh, good. Yeah. And I believe he's always graded. Uh, shout out our best friends, PFF. They definitely know your name. Uh, mm. they, they, I believe he grades very well against the run all the time. All the time. Uh, and it's it's – like when I when I hear him, I think of Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour was not a guy who went out and got crazy sack numbers, but that also wasn't what he was asked to do. Uh, Clowney plays opposite of Miles Garrett, one of the best edge rushers in football. Of course, his job isn't to go after the quarterback, play after play. He has a different set of skills. He has a different job description. Here's 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 what I would say to evaluate his motors a little bit different. Definitely. He's not a high-octane motor guy. Just not. And that's why he's been on several teams. Right. Because there's a question of which which Jadavion Clowney are we going to get today? Well, it's a two-factor thing. It's that and he always asks for, which he should. I'm not knocking a guy. He always asks for top-of-the-market money. And most teams are like, that math doesn't jive with us, so that, which is why he ends up signing perpetual one-year deals. And he only, you know, he only stays with a team one or two years. Yeah. So, but, hey. What's, I, I, uh, who, who's someone, I mean, obviously everyone at this point knows you for the, the Cooper, banging the table for Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Who's someone you've just been like, way off on for a receiver since you've started this evaluating uh, gig. Has there been anyone? That been, I, well, f- first of all, I don't know who's – people are telling – what's interesting is I'll break down one guy and then somebody get in my mentions and tell me, break down this guy. Well, no, I'm going to break down the guys that I have. Right. Because there's also – like I was talking to a guy this weekend who – I was explaining to him, there were 50 wide receivers invited to the combine. If every team just drafts one wide receiver, guess what? There's a few other guys that are SOL, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And that individual's like, I never thought about that. You never thought about that. So there are two, there are like two or three players that people are saying, oh, this guy can play. This guy, they all can play. Right. They're not all sleepers. They're not all the best receivers. And some of these receivers, man, you get them in some of these systems, and they're going to be fantastic players. The reason why I was so infatuated with Cooper Cup was because. This was a kid 
I think it was what, Eastern Washington? Yeah. That when I was watching his film, I was just going, man, he's really impressive. Right? I had in the same year, I think there was a Juju Smith Schuster or a couple of years before Juju Smith Schuster. Someone asked me, hey, you think Juju would be that type of player on our team? I don't know because your offense wasn't that type of offense at the time. You didn't have A.B. You didn't have Big Ben. You didn't have that type of offense where you had that that fluidity to be able to have that that type of pass heavy offense. You didn't you didn't have the A B on that team as a one A that allowed Juju to go to work the way he did in the slot. So it's so many factors into things, right? So there's a kid, Parker Washington. Yeah, from Penn State. Yes. I like him. He's not a sleeper in my opinion. Mm. You know, where he becomes the sleeper is where he's drafted. Right, which right now I think like the consensus board has them in like pick 110 somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, you telling me this kid goes to Washington, the Washington Commanders, I'd be interested because you already have some, you got a running game. Now the quarterback, the quarterback is the issue. How is that mm-hmm. going to pan out? Do they put him in a slot? Do they put him outside? Was that Ronnie Bell, I think, from Michigan? He's a kid. Purdue. His, no. Is it Purdue? No. He's, uh, he's I'm thinking Michigan. of Bell a different year. My apologies. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. That's what we got each other's back. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, Ronnie Bell, he, he, he tore his knee, right? He hasn't looked like the player he used to look like. He's a guy that's probably he probably him. I can see him playing seven or eight years, nine or ten years, right? Having he can ha- having a pretty stellar career, right? Being consistent, maybe go to a Pro Bowl here and there, and end of, you know calling it a day. Mm-hmm. It just all depends, right? Um, let's see. Um, well, right now, I mean, since you yeah. put out your your stock. Yeah. watching the conversation because the draft season takes forever and yeah. these guys go up and down whether or not they've left their house in a week they go up and down oh yeah, yeah. um and now you're starting to see the conversation go a lot of these top of the board receivers they're short and yeah. cedric yeah. tillman and uh jonathan mingo are not short so you're starting Correct. to see them I kind of climb a little bit. Y- yes. Here's why. So in the beginning when you have, I, I keep using Quentin Johnson as an example. And some people think I dislike him. I don't dislike him. I'm using ha- him as an example to show you early projections do not always mean that those projections will stay that way. Correct. He was ranked a top, 10 player, mm-hmm. not receiver. He player. The first overall pick was not supposed to be a quarterback at the beginning of the year. Who was this supposed to be? Will Anderson. And who else? Jalen Carter. And what's happening? The sliding. Why? 
Because quarterbacks. Various, yeah. But also Oh, well, yeah, also Jalen Carter, yeah. yeah. Yes, various reasons. Jalen Carter, you know what I heard? Would you like to know what I heard? Let's hear it. He doesn't like to practice. Mm-hmm. And he got in some trouble. Okay, so you practicing is pretty important for a rookie. Well, I so I have a question about that the practice specifically because, yes. and this is going to be quite the comparison. So be ready. Oh, Lawrence Taylor refused to practice. Yeah, refused to look at film. Put his yeah. put his head down during film sessions. Yeah. The best linebacker of all time. Yeah. So how do you weigh that when you're talking about a true assumed blue chip prospect like Carter, who we've just seen be an anchor for two of the best college defenses of all time, where like, obviously as a rookie, I don't know if Lawrence Taylor was pulling the same stuff he was year four. You know what I mean? But, but, but it, so here's, here's the difference. Times have changed. Definitely. Definitely right? a factor. Is it fair to say, and I've met, I've met Lawrence Taylor, LT, have a, I respect the mess out of him. Lawrence Taylor's a different breed, too, now. For sure. Like, when I say different breed, I don't care what this kid turns out to be, he ain't Lawrence Taylor. Definitely. And yeah, one of one. There, yes, one of one. He may turn out to be a one of the best D-tackles to ever play the game, mm-hmm. or he may not be. I have no idea. But I can tell you the traits of some of the best players, and you know what they say? One, gamer. And most of the time when those guys did want to practice, they took over practice. Okay. Okay? Like, when Lawrence Taylor wanted to practice, he was unguardable. Right, he was Lawrence Taylor, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I haven't heard any mythological stories about Carter being unguardable ever. That's that's definitely a factor. Yeah, no, definitely a factor. And 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 so I don't know what he will be, but I'm not. But to call him already say that you know, like like Skip says that he's going to be a anchor and a franchise superstar. I don't know. Right. But I'm not going to just go give him that. I'm not going to give him him that star to wear. Right. I'm not going to give him that honorary badge. I'm, I'm also not going to poop on him, but I'm also not going to say that I've never seen anyone ever, you know, Quinn Johnson. I've never seen, I've never seen a six. I've never seen a six, nine wingspan receiver ever in my kind. I've never seen a guy 6'2 that could run like lightning. Yeah, I have. Right. And let me tell you, he didn't look like him. Right? They tell, oh, he reminds me of Megatron. Go back and look at Megatron's highlights <laughs> at Georgia Tech. He didn't look like Quentin Johnson. No. Go look at Randy Moss's, all his film at all the different schools. Didn't look like Quentin Johnson. Right? How, how much... How much should people weigh into what their teammates say about them? It's a lot. Okay. It's a lot you should weigh into. My teammate said I was a I, I was tough to deal with, but I was also a hell of a I went a hundred miles per hour in practice. If you wasn't giving me good practice, 
I, you, you was going to get this work. <laughs> so it that's the evaluation process. You have to adhere to what all the chatter is saying. Right? And there's a lot of chatter about players that you'll never hear about. That former players or, and guys like me hear about and talking to general managers and coaches that I will never say, but I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of untold stories about players and their work ethic, good and bad. That that's why sometimes people on television, but also times that people that are not on television who are, are, are in the football world that they go, mm, right. I had a coach tell me at the combine, he said, man, who do you, a coach said, who do you like? What guys do you like? I said, well, here's the guys I like. I, and I said, coach, how do you not know about these players? He said, look, I was at the, I was at the senior bowl. I was here. So I've only been able to see the players that have been physically in front of me. I've right. been on the road since, you know, playing in a, since the last game of playing in the playoffs had to go to senior bowl, had to go to these bowl games. So I haven't been able to look at all these prospects. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Makes sense. So That's he said, cool. I'm looking at these. And then when I get home and I get back into the office, then I get to dig deep and get into the weeds and, and, and get stuck in the details. And I was like, oh. And that's why guys are sliding. Somebody told me about Jalen Hyde, the Tennessee receiver. Yeah. They said, man, he looked disengaged at the combine. He looked like a guy that was not prepared and ready. They said he, he looked like he just woke up. They said he, what, he, he wasn't the speedster that we saw on film. He didn't run a fast time than we expected. That's why some guys like John Ross, man, we knew it was fast, but goodness gracious. When I was right. looking at John Ross, bro, I looked at John Ross and I get, man, he can run. But contested catches, don't see it. Against big-time corners, he can outrun them. But if they get their hands on them, hmm, no suspect. Is contested catches the the trait you think transler tells you which guy is going to translate the best, or is it a, a multitude of things? It, there's a multitude of things, but what it does, it tells me what it is. I, I got a man. I left it in the I left it. Uh, I left it in there, but I got this paper that has like all these things. They like yeah. uh, catching. Uh, you know, do they let the ball come into their chest? Are you know? Do they sit their hips? Do they do this? Do they do that? And it's just a list of things that I'm like, wow. That I. Oh, man, I didn't realize they're looking at everything. Right. I mean, man, when I was when I was coming out of college, you had to fill out. I had to fill out a credit report with my social security <laughs> number and my birth date and all that stuff. And they look at, well, does he pay his bills on time? Like they have. It is crazy. <laughs> like they know things I'm like. Man, so why didn't you pay that? Uh, listen, you got a fifty-five dollar Pac Bell. Remember Pac Bell? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Pacific. You got a fifty-five dollar Pacific Bell bill that you haven't paid when you were in Los Angeles. Why haven't you paid it? I'm going. I do. 
It's news to me. Yeah, appreciate it. Now, when I moved, <laughs> and then when I moved and had to buy a house, right, before the recession, they let all these other people get, you know, without paying their bills. Man, I had to pay, I think I owed like $7,500 in bills I had. No, I wasn't that. I don't remember. I just remember I had to pay all these little bills that I had that I didn't even realize. Right, right. Right? The 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 telephone bill in college that you just, you man, I'm out. <laughs> I got drafted. See y'all boys later. <laughs> that's a Utah problem. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a Utah problem. No, that Utah problem followed me. <laughs> oh, so, man. What, man, what have you seen yeah. change from, like, or what's the biggest change from when you were coming out um, to now? In terms so, of the evaluation process, I think we overhype guys way too early, and then when we pull it back, it's coming across as shade, or it's coming across as you know, oh, you don't like them, or you're jealous of them, or why are you always criticizing these kids? This is an evaluation process, right? You can't be super athletic and then drop an easy pass. Like on my stocks, there's guys like Tank Dale, yeah. right? Tank Dell is not moving up the charts, bro. He's kind of like staying steady Eddie. The question is, where's that steady Eddie? I think he's kind of dropped in that second and third because 175 pounds, right? There's film out there where, oh, he went against um, Sauce Gardner. He did. And he was off the ball in motion. Now, yeah, he looked good at the senior bowl going against one-on-ones. But some of the corners at the senior bowls weren't some – he didn't go against Porter Jr. He yeah. didn't go against Gonzalez. He didn't go against Witherspoon. He didn't go against – I mean, there's a kid I'm looking at right now who's kind of uh, been about Julie, uh, Julius. Brents. Uh, Brents, bro. He can't. He is not gonna be, be able to run with anyone, but he can play. Co- play coverage. He can play coverage. He'll come over. He can't run. run? He, he's not. He's. He's not a four-three guy. Okay. Right. He's not going. I don't believe he's going to run step with step with Zay Jones. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. He's just got the crazy length. Yes, he does. You know who didn't? You know who blew by him, but could not make the contested catch? Quentin Johnson. Yes. Uh, here's what I heard with Quentin Johnson that people are telling me: six two, six nine wingspan against top tier first, second dra- round draft picks. My man went MIA. Against the nobodies, against McNeese State, all world went off. But against big time guys, the championship game against Georgia, how many yards did he have? Wasn't two hundred. I can tell you that. Yeah, no, it wasn't many. And they were throwing I- the ball a lot, weren't they? They well, yeah, they were down immediately. Yeah, immediately. You know why they say even in the semifinal, like Michigan's top ranked corner is 
five eight five nine you know what i mean so it's like and they were putting them in motion they were getting them on a lot of cross field stuff do you, and then, you want to know why they you want to know why they put a guy in motion was that when they got to get him off that jam so z receivers go in motion x receivers stationary stand can't hide us So you brought up Tank, and it's something I've been meaning to ask, and I oh. we just never bring him up. Um, you, during those one-on-ones, the the clip that's gone most viral from those one-on-ones, he does this very exaggerated scissor move off the line to get open. Mm-hmm. How realistic is that 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 will happen in the NFL? Uh, if he tries that scissor move against, uh, say, say he gets drafted in the AFC, and he tries to do that against Jalen uh, Jalen Ramsey or uh, Xavier Howard. Um, they're gonna he's gonna get his shoulder pads reconstructed, and they're gonna be mended <laughs> to his body. That that I don't think he'd be able to use that move consistently. Right. Because even. Even our boy, uh, Xavier Smith, he had a move. It was like a triple move, and he makes the corner fall down. And it's like, in the NFL, that ball's been out when you've made your first move, like someone else on the field. So it's like, how much on these one-on-ones? Of course, it's great Twitter fodder, stuff like that. One-on-ones is where you you try it. The things that you can do on one-on-one, just gives us an example of what a guy can do. His his the possibility, his right. creativity, right? Like you know, just like the things that players do in All Star games, you don't you rarely see them do. The things that players do in a slam dunk contest, you ever seen anybody pull up a Kia and jump <laughs> over the Kia in the middle of the <laughs> basketball game? Sure, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so first of all, somebody's going to die if they pull up a key in the middle of the game. There's right? going to be a lot of problems. Technical foul, probably. <laughs> play a, game. There's a, a lot's going to happen for sure, yeah. Yes. <laughs> right? So so one-on-ones is like an all-star game, right? Okay. But also one-on-ones tells you tendencies that a player has. Like, um, can he get off the jam? Or like there's sometimes where he free releases too much. And free release is when you get out too wide and you don't stack, which uh-huh. I say reset. Right where you so you get out wide so much that you allow the corner now to use the sideline as the twelfth man. Yeah, another defender because you run out of real estate, and that's why on practice fields they draw this white line or this red line to say don't get outside of that, leave room for the quarterback. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So there's somebody on Twitter says, Steve, what do you mean he disappointed and left his luggage? What the what the blank does that mean? Keep your eyes on your luggage means stay focused on your task and don't keep your eyes on the luggage is what every every fan in college says when it's two minute drill or the 50 seconds left in the game and they have to do a bomb play. And the idiotic corner is bites on the double move or let somebody get behind them. That's not keeping your eyes on the luggage. 
That's when you let your team down, right? Prevent defense. Right. Where they go, oh, I'll let them free release and I'll pass them off to the deepest one. Fool, you are the deepest one. (laughs) That's why prevent defense in college is such a terrible defense. Because you get, I hate it at all levels. I I hate prevent. Yes, because you get what happens is the corner passes the receiver off to the next guy because that's what he's supposed to do. But everybody's doing that. So you got four verticals. You got corner, nickel, safety, safety, nickel, corner, and so the corner goes, all right, I'll, I'll jam him up and release him all sides. And, was the, and so the quarterback does this. <laughs> and everybody does this. And forgets, and that's what we call a turkey hole throw. If I were ever a coach, A, many things would have to go wrong for that to have happened. But the first, first thing I'm announcing to the team is we are never playing. I don't care what the score is. We are not playing prevent defense. Yeah, pre, but But – when you're down, prevent defense sucks to go against as a wide receiver. Bro, when you're in like the third or the second quarter and you're losing, oh my gosh. Like you can only run so many plays. Right. Like, like it's third and 15. Like, oh, I, I love I love seeing this. Like, you know, you see the fans, they'd be in the stands talking about, oh, you're an idiot. There is no play for fourth and 30. <laughs> there is no play. Let me see. Hmm, let me see. Fourth just and third. You know what fourth and 30 is? Fourth and 30 is the play that you have for when your house is about to foreclose. Like right. there's no, there's no instructions for, Hey, I'm broke. I don't have any money. Right. Like there's no play for that. Yeah, you're just banking on uh, someone else making a mistake. Yes. Like, there's nothing you can like do. Fourth, fourth and 30 is the, hey, I haven't paid my car note, so I'm just going to keep my car in the garage, and hopefully the pe- the repo man never finds it. Right. Like, you're like, what are you doing, man? I'm just hoping he never comes here. Don't don't open the garage. Don't open the garage. <laughs> yeah, he's circling the block. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Not that I, I mean, allegedly, I've heard people who've gotten. Oh, yeah, I've read it in right. a book once somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, saw mo- I saw a movie. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.